If you would, turn in your Bibles, or if you have the Bible app, find the book of Proverbs, if you would, the book of Proverbs. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he said, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. I think one of the greatest joys for me as a parent has been seeing my kids surrender their lives to Jesus and then publicly declare that in baptism. And this past Friday, it was really cool because Jeremy Ellis, who pastors our Erlanger House Church, um, they had a, a baptism Friday night. And there were a couple of young men who were baptized. Ethan was one, and then the other was Jeremy's own son, Elijah. And how cool as a parent to be able to see your children give their lives to Jesus, become disciples, followers of Jesus. And as we're in this, this series of missional parenting, I really believe that one of the One of the most needed mission fields is the home, is the home. And one of the arenas where we can live this mission of Jesus out is that arena of parenting. And as we've started this series a couple of weeks ago, we learned really that the target or the bullseye that we're aiming for in parenting is that our kids would follow Jesus and they would love him with all their hearts. And as we've kind of been looking at the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is written by a father to his son, a dad giving wisdom to his boy. And as we saw a couple of weeks ago, we learned that if we're going to create this environment where our kids can see the value of following Jesus and loving him with all their hearts, then we need to disciple our children to fear the Lord. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago. But what else? What else should we be teaching our children in order to create this environment for them where they can see that value of surrendering their hearts to Jesus and then loving him with all their hearts? I want you to watch this, this video if you could. My oldest son, Grant, who turned 20 this week, he loved Bible Man. And he would take the old VHS Bible Man. Some of you don't look, Google it later. For some of you, right? Because you don't know what I'm talking about. VHS, what is that? And we'd put the old VHS Bible Man videos in a VCR, right? And we'd play this. And he would watch these Bible Man videos because he loved watching Bible Man defeat evil with the Bible, with words of Scripture. And now they've updated it a little bit. And if you go to BibleMan.com, it's an animated, you know, cartoon and all that. It looks pretty cool. I watched a little bit of it this week. Um, it's really good. Seriously, it, it, it's good. As we come into this, again, this series of missional parenting, as I kind of get to know the dad in Proverbs, I, I really think he would have been into Bible Man. And I think he would have been really happy that, it, that his kids were into Bible Man because as we're going to see this morning that if we're going to continue to create this environment for our kids to see the value of following Jesus and loving him with all their hearts, then we must disciple them to respect and listen to God's word. We need to disciple our kids to respect and listen to God's word. 
So let's go to Proverbs chapter 2. I just want us to see from the father in Proverbs the value that he has of discipling his children to respect and listen to God's word. So Proverbs chapter 2, and we'll look at several passages of scripture this morning, but I want to start here in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. He says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom... And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So the dad here tells us, he says, listen, if you want knowledge, if you want understanding, you want to know what's right and wrong. You want to be able to have discernment between what's good and what's bad. You want to have the knowledge of who God is. Then you need to listen to the words that come out of God's mouth. Because God's word brings knowledge. It brings wisdom, he says in verse 6. So why disciple your children to listen and respect God's word? Because it's through God's word that they learn about God and they gain knowledge of what he sees as right and wrong and good and bad. So moms and dads, if you want that for your kids, then you will disciple them to respect and listen to God's word. Chapter 13, verses 13 and 21. The dad writes and he says this. He says, whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself. But he who reveres or respects the commandment will be rewarded. Well, what's that word rewarded mean? What are we talking about? Well, look at verse 21. He says, Disaster pursues sinners, but the righteous are rewarded with good. It seems as if the dad is saying, Son, listen, if you want to be rewarded with good, right? If, if you, if you, If you want to know what good is, then you need to revere and respect God's word, the commandments. And so why disciple your kids to listen to God's word? Because it brings them good. And listen, the scriptures tell us, 1 John 4 tells us that God is love. So therefore, everything that God does, everything that God says is loving. And so the words of God, they're loving. And they... Tell us about how God is love. So if you want your kids to experience, you want them to understand that God loves them and that God is love and that he has their best interest in mind, then we must disciple our children to respect and listen to God's word. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 16. He says this, whoever keeps the commandment keeps his life. He who despises his ways will die. And this has the idea of protection or bringing life. I mean, there's a lot of life in this room, right? When those kids were, I mean, mom, there's a lot of life going on. And he's saying this, God's word, whoever keeps the commandment, keeps his life. And it has this idea of God's word, it's intended to protect. It's intended to provide security for your children. And I've often used this analogy with our kids to help them understand the importance of God's commands, God's word. There might be a time when maybe we were driving and off to the right or left, wherever we saw a a pasture, right, with sheep. And 
you know, there have been times when I said, okay, what's surrounding the sheep? A fence. Why is that fence there? Is it because the shepherd doesn't like the sheep? Is it because he's a big meanie? Why, why, does, he put, why does he put the fence there? There's loads of pasture, green grass. They can roam. There's plenty of room to enjoy the green pasture. But why is the fence there? It's there to protect the sheep. And as long as the sheep are inside the fence, there's safety. There's protection from the wolves outside who want to come in. And it protects the sheep from harming themselves if they go outside the fence. And so in a similar way, God's word, God's commands are like that fence. They're there to protect you. And and if you step outside the fence, then really you're distancing yourself from the voice of the shepherd. And so it it becomes more difficult for you to hear the voice of the shepherd. But when you're inside that fence, there's safety, there's protection. There's life inside that fence. And so I want to encourage you to help your kids understand that, that God's words are they're not burdensome, the Scripture tells us. They bring life. Peter looked at Jesus and said, you have the words of life, eternal life. Jesus even said, we don't live by bread alone, right, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. They bring life. They're there to protect and provide safety and security. And if you want that for your kids, then we'll disciple them to respect and listen to God's word. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 Proverbs 29, verse 18. The dad writes, he says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. And the word blessed there literally means happy. There's a sense of contentment and peace that comes from being obedient to God and his word. And so if you want that, if you want that, that for your kids, that peace and contentment from knowing that they're pleasing the one who created them and has their best interests in mind, then we must disciple them to respect and listen to God's word. But it's not only in Proverbs where we see the instruction to parents to disciple their kids to listen to God's word. Look at Psalm chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78, verses 5 through 7. says, he established, he referring to the Lord, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children. Why? Verse 6. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and that they would arise and tell them to their children. So here you have, the reason why God gave this word was so that Moms and dads, you could teach God's word to your kids, and then they could grow up and then teach it to their kids, and then their kids could teach. You see this generation passing down the importance of discipling kids in the word of God. You see this. It's important for you to pass it on to your kids so that they can then pass it on to their children. But why? Well, if we look at verse 7, he gives us the why. Why is it so important for us to disciple our kids that they know God's word? So that they should set their hope in God. So that your kids could set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Because the greatest hope for our kids is not 
that they go to the college of your choice or they get that scholarship or that they become great in something, which those aren't, things aren't bad or that they have a nice family with 2.5 kids and live the American dream and all those different things. All right? That's not their hope. Those things aren't wrong. They're not bad, but they not, they're not going to bring our children lasting eternal hope. God is. He's the only one that lasts. And so if you want your children to have a lasting hope, we will teach them the Scriptures. Why? Because the Scriptures point our kids to God. They point us to Christ. And so if we want hope for our kids, to, neg- to neglect teaching the Scriptures to our kids is to keep hope from our kids. It's to keep hope from them so that they could set their hope in God, he says. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. We also see this instruction to disciple our kids in God's Word in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Paul is writing to believers in this first century city of Ephesus, which you would find in modern-day Turkey. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, specifically to the fathers. He said, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Well, where do you find the instructions of the Lord? In the Lord's word, in his word. And he says, this is to dad specifically. And I I get sometimes as a dad, it's hard. Maybe you grew up in a home where your dad didn't teach you God's word. And so you don't. You struggle as a dad, maybe, to, to teach God's word to your children because you didn't see it lived out in your home. That's why you have the body of Christ. You go to a house church pastor. You go to someone that you know whom you respect and how they're teaching their children God's word. And you say, can I learn from you? I need you. I need you to help me learn how to teach my kids God's word. But there's no reason why you shouldn't be teaching God's word to your kids, Dad. There's all kinds of resources out there for you. And he says, specifically, fathers, instruct your children in the Lord. So let me talk to the dads for a moment. Dad, step up. Step up. And bring up your children in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. And it's not too late. Start now. You might think, well, I didn't do this when they were little. doesn't matter. Start now. Let them see the value that God's word has in your life. But then one other passage in the New Testament I want us to see, and then we're going to move into a very practical part. So how do we do this? All right, but let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Timothy, Paul is writing to his young apprentice, Timothy, and he says this in verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3. He says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed knowing from whom you learned it. And if we were to go back to chapter 1, Timothy learned the Scriptures from his mom and his grandma. It says he learned it from his mom and his grandma. So moms, it's also on you. And grandmas, grandpas, it's on you to also come alongside and teach these children and grandchildren God's truth. Because he says here in verse 14, As for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from, her, from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, you learned the Bible from your mom and your grandma, and you learned it when you were little. 
And what you learned was about your need for Jesus and how Jesus loves you so much that he came and he died on a cross so that you could have that sin in your heart forgiven and you could have a relationship with Jesus forever. Timothy learned that when he was a kid because he had a mom and a grandma who taught him the scriptures. Chap Bettis, who wrote a great book called The Disciple-Making Parent, who I highly recommend this book, The Disciple-Making Parent, he says this. He says, it is not just knowledge of the scriptures that matters. It is knowledge of the goal, to know Jesus Christ. This is God's intent, that you would saturate your children with the life-giving, spirit-converting word of God. And we want their testimony. When they're grown to be, I have known the scriptures from my youngest days, and I love them. And they have filled me with wisdom for life that led me to faith in Jesus Christ. And I, I, I go through all the scriptures so that we can see that it's clear. God expects us, expects moms and dads to disciple their kids to listen and respect God's word. It's there. But let's be honest. There's no guarantee, right? There's no magic pill or magic medicine you can put in your kid that's going to guarantee that they're going to grow up loving the Bible. There's no guarantee, but like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but there's no also no guarantee that your kids, when they leave your home, are going to brush their teeth every day. You want them to. You hope they do. That's why when they're little, you say you need to go brush your teeth. But there's no guarantee that when they leave and when they're older, they're going to brush their teeth. But you still teach them when they're little the value of clean teeth, so go brush your teeth. So that they can learn that value and see that value. Same with the scriptures. If you want to create this value of following Jesus and seeing the importance of loving him with all their hearts, then you need to disciple them and make God's word a priority in your home. So how do you do this, Jones? Right? I get it. All right, I need to disciple my kids in God's word. Sheesh. How do I do this? It's so hard. Yes, it is. Let me hopefully now turn a page a little bit and give you some practical things, things that we've done not so well at but have tried in our home. For those of you who might not know us, we have four kids from 20 down to soon to be 11. Failed at times as a dad. Um, I was here at school on Friday, and they did senior letters for the seniors, and the dad got up and read a letter to his son, and the first thing he said, I have a lot of regret as a dad. And my heart echoed that a lot. As a dad, I look back on lots of different things that I could have done and said and still have some time for sure with my kids, but um, you're going to fail. You're not going to do this perfectly, but how do we do this? And to help us with some practical things, I want to go back to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and some of these are going to come from this book, that disciple-making parent by Chap Bettis. So again, I would encourage you to, to pick that up. But Moses writes here, and God through Moses says this in chapter 6, verse 4. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. How do you do this? If you want to get God's word into your kids, get God's word into you. You got to get God's word into your heart. First, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, friend of those, aunt, aunt and uncle, whoever. You got to get God's word in, into your heart first. You need to be spending time with God in the scriptures. And can I just encourage you when you're home and your kids are around to not use your phone to read your Bible? There's nothing wrong with that. But can I just encourage you, and here's why. 
Because if your kids walk by, all they see is mom and dad on their phone. They don't know you're reading the Bible. So could you go old school, grab a Bible with pages, and just use that? Just so that your, can, your kids can see the value that the Bible has to you and the opening God's word has to you. So parents, the first place to start in discipling your kids and God's word is get God's word into you. Pull out a journal and write something that stood out to you from the reading and then share it with your kids later. Share what God said to you through his word. Memorize some verses in Proverbs to teach your kids. Then he goes on and he says, not only shall they be on your heart, but you shall teach them diligently to your children. So second, teach them God's word. And literally the word teach means persistent instruction. There you go. You got to be persistent with this. It's, it's hard work. And this is an instruction to parents. And I've said this before. So you don't pass this on, you know, to the Christian school. You don't pass this on to grandma and grandpa. You don't pass this on to nieces and nephews. You don't pass this on to whoever. This is to mom and dad. You teach them to your children. Be persistent in teaching them God's word. Well, how do I do that? Well, make sure they're spending time with the church where they're hearing the teaching of God's word. Make sure if you're with Living Church, you're in a house church where they can hear God's word taught or they're here on Sundays or worship nights or whenever the church gathers. Make being with the church a priority. How else can you teach them God's word? We'll have regular times of family worship. We've started doing, or we started doing this a long time ago. And I'll tell you, when you start to do, the, do this, Satan will fight you. As soon as you start to have something with your kids and family, as far as reading the Bible with your kids, it's going to get crazy. It's just hard. And I've told you this before when we've done it. You know, everybody goes to their room or whatever because everybody needs discipline from family worship night. Because <laughs> everybody's attitude just goes south, mine included, right? I've said that before. But don't give up. It takes persistence because you're going for the goal, right? The target, the bullseye. You want to see them that, that you value it even when it's hard. So I have family worship times, and this next one hits me hard. Moms adds, don't only teach the warnings of Scripture, but teach the promises of Scripture too. Especially as I think as my kids have gotten older, I need to remind my kids that God loves them, that their value is not in what they do. But their value is, is because they're made in the image of God. That God promises that he'll be with them, that he loves them, that he sees them, that he cares for them, he'll provide for them. He goes on, and then when you teach, teach when they sit. So maybe when you're having dinner, just read a couple verses from the Psalms or read a couple verses from Proverbs. Man, that's a great moment because if you, if you do dinner together, if that's possible, whenever you do it, you have a captive audience for like 30 seconds. All right? And so just read this, some verses together. It doesn't have to be long or drawn out, which, you know, in some ways it's a bad thing. My, I'm a pastor and my kid, I mean, I can spend, you know, 30, 40 minutes just talking, you know, at the dinner table about God's word, right? And my kid's like, are you kidding me? You know, whatever. It doesn't have to be long, just a few minutes, a few seconds of just reading scripture with your kids. Or maybe let them sit with you if they're young. Maybe when they're old, that'd be, no, when they're little, they'll sit on your lap with you as you read the Bible. And just let, you see, let them be with you as you're reading Scripture. This is when you rise. Maybe at breakfast, you have a verse at the table, right? And then just a reminder as they start their day. Or maybe you have Scripture or Christian music playing throughout the house when they get up in the morning. It says, when you walk, this is on the move, in the car, in the van. Before there were DVD players and vans, we played the Adventures and Odyssey CDs like crazy. 
in our, ki- in, in our car. We'd go on vacation, and we'd pop those babies in, and for hours our kids would listen to those things. Adventures in Odyssey. It was great. Bible Man, bring that guy back. Animated, video, get, buy those DVDs, put those babies in, and let, let your kids watch those as you're going to and from places. Um, but just on the move, on the go, when you're walking, whatever, there's opportunities to teach your kids as you're going. Then it says, when you lie down at bedtime, read a Bible story or Bible verse or two. My kids love to do Bible questions at night. Still do. The girls. You know, like, well, I don't know what Bible questions to ask. Google it. I did last night. Right? With the girls. I'm like, Bible questions for kids. Right? And boom. Got this whole list. They love it. It's a great way to teach your kids the scriptures. Third, have conversations about God's word. And this goes back to just sitting and walking and when they're lying down. And this is more dialogue than it is like a formal teaching. Um, I've shared before that still with the boys older, we try to get together for family worship one night a week. Wednesday night, that's our night. And we sit in our living room and we're going through the book of Romans. And we'll share verses and I'll read, we'll read a chapter of Romans together. And I'll say, all right, what stood out to you? And then poof, off we go into some great study and conversation just by asking a question. So have conversations. Ask them as you read the Bible story, how did that make you feel? What do we learn about God, about ourselves? Does this sound hard? Yeah, right? It is. It's overwhelming. I mean, I'm going to this. Going, no one's expecting you to do all these things, all right? No one's expecting you to do all this stuff. I'm just trying to give you as many different things as you can. Be like, oh, we could do that. Great. Let's do that. All right. On Sundays during lunch, we have picked the pastor apart in our house. Everybody else does. We might as well too, right? I mean, so we're like, let's join the party. So at dinner, we'll be like, all right, what stood out to you from the message? Well, you could have been a little bit more like brought that out a little bit more. Dad, I was going to, not asking about that. What stood out to you about the message? What was Jesus saying to you? So at Sunday lunch, we try to make that a, a practice. All right. What What's that out to you about being with the church this morning? As you commute to school or practice, share with them what you read from God's Word. We've done this a few times this past school year. Fourth and finally, memorize and post God's Word. He says, verses 8 and 9, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, Orthodox Jews, they, would, took, they took this literally, and so they would take these boxes called tefillim, I think. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it close enough. And they would wrap them around their arms and had these little boxes with Scripture. And they'd physically have these boxes on their arms and on their head. So they would walk. And it was just a visible reminder of how important God's Word is to them. They would have this little thing on their doorpost, a little cylinder called a mezuzah, which had Scripture in it. And the whole point is that we're, we're just constantly saturating our homes with God's truth. And so you can memorize God's Word together as a family. When our kids were little, we would do a verse of the month. Right, where we'd, I'd pick a verse and we'd just, when it was time for dinner, we'd sit down and we'd review it together as a family and try to memorize it together. Did we do that all the time? No. Were there moments when I forgot? Absolutely. Were there moments when I didn't want to do it all the time? I mean, it was just, right, it just hard. But again, it comes down to the target and what we're looking for, what we're aiming for. Put Bible verses around your home. We had dinner with a family a couple Saturdays ago, part of our house church. And man, the thing that stood out to me was they had just scripture all throughout their home. On the wall, in frames, that kind of thing. And we do too. But I wonder, have I ever told my kids, hey, what's that verse on the wall that's been on there since you were born? Have we ever read that? What's that mean? 
So maybe it's just something we could do is just point out the scripture that's in our home and talk to that uh, about that scripture with our kids. Play Bible trivia games. My kids, um, when they were little, were into Pokemon. All right, well, now there's Animo, all right, which is a living deck Bible verse game. This is 20 bucks starter deck. If your kids or grandkids are into Pokemon, you don't want them into Pokemon, but you want to teach them scripture or whatever, this is great stuff. Or you can Google it and you can, down, you know, whatever. If you're an aunt or uncle and you don't have kids or grandma or grandparent or whatever, or you have friends that have kids, you know, buy this, you know, and then when you show up, you're going to play this game with them. It's a great way for you to come alongside your nieces and nephews and, and help them understand Scripture. So there's animal, there's Bible. I mean, there's, are you seeing this? Like, there's loads of things that we can do, right, to help our kids. There have been times when my kids being older, I've texted them a Bible verse. I've put a Bible verse in their locker or whatever in their lunch. There's just, right, isn't it? The whole point is to help your kids understand and see the value that Jesus is important and that he loves them. And we want to create this environment where they see the value of following Jesus and loving him with all their hearts. I'm going to ask the band to come. And listen, there's no magic pill, right? We know this. But I really believe that the greatest mission field, one of them, is the home. And if we want our kids to see the value of loving Jesus with all their hearts, we must disciple them to respect and listen to God's word. So what now? Well, here's the challenge for this week. I want you to ask and answer this question. How can we, how can I, Make God's word more of a priority in our home. Whether you have kids in your home or not, or they're all grown up or whatever. How can we, or maybe you don't have kids yet. This is a great opportunity for you to talk about how you'll make God's word more of a priority in your home. And let me, all the kids, if you're in here, I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you this week to read your Bible at least three times this week. Read a chapter in Proverbs. Read a psalm. Just spend time with Jesus this week. Can I challenge you guys too, to the kids? Listen, I don't know what the Spirit of God is telling you to do when it comes to discipling your kids with God's Word, but I know He wants you to do something. I don't know what He's telling you to do, but I know He's telling you to do something. Maybe for some of us, Mom and Dad, we need to just talk to the Lord and say, God, forgive me, for I have, I have neglected your Word. And so in a moment, when we start singing, if you need to pray this morning, maybe you want to come and you want to kneel at the chairs and just pray together as a couple. Or maybe you want to make your way to the back while some people in the back waiting for you if you want to pray. Or maybe you want to go with, find someone in your house church and say, I need your help. We need your help. Can we just pray together? And can we talk? Because I really, we need you to help us with this. And for those of us, maybe those of you that you don't have kids, or maybe your kids are all grown up, who's God putting on your heart that you can come alongside and help them see the value of God's word? So let's stand together. And as we think about this, let me remind you, moms and dads, parenting is hard, but it's not hopeless. And your worth, listen to this, Your worth, mom and dad, is not wrapped up in having perfect kids or being the perfect parent. 
Your worth is wrapped up in the love that Christ has for you displayed at the cross where there is an endless, continuous overflow of grace for you. That's where your worth and value is found. And that's where all of it, the worth and value is found for each of us in this room. Maybe you're here, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're like, I need to surrender. First thing I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. Can we just close our eyes as we prepare our hearts to sing and to pray? And again, as we start singing, don't wait. If you need prayer this morning, you come to the front, you go to the back, and you go find someone if you need to, and you pray together. Or maybe if God's going to put someone on your heart that's here this morning, you go to them and say, God put you on my heart, and so I'm coming to you today to pray for you. But as we fumble, as we fall, as we fail, let us remember these words of Jesus where he says, my grace is sufficient for you, mom and dad. It's enough for you. For my power, he says, it's perfect in your weakness. And your value is displayed at my cross. I love you. Spirit of God, move this morning. Speak to our hearts. God, I pray for our kids this morning that they would value you, they'd value your word. And God, may we as a people commit and value your word as well. Spirit of God, I I don't know what you're saying to each person in this room, but I do believe you're speaking to each person in this room. Help us to listen. Help us to know that we are loved with an everlasting love. Amen.